Welcome to Horns Up. I'm Peter. And I'm Anamesh. And today we're joined by Kent Stump of Doom and Stoner Metal band, Wofat, who bring the heaviest and biggest riffs because everything is bigger in Texas, right? So <laughs> how's that for an introduction, Kent? <laughs> That's great. Spot on. Good job. <laughs> Alrighty. So it's been about approximately a month since the release of The Singularity on Ripple Music. How happy are you or how satisfied are you with the response so far to the album I, i'm really happy with it honestly you know it's, it's every record that we've put out I'm, maybe except for like the first one i because back then nobody knew who we were but i always have a little bit of nervousness when it comes out because i'm like i'm never quite sure what people are going to think you know but because i mean I'll, you know generally we don't like writing the music i don't think about writing stuff to please somebody or writing things that are I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm just trying to write what I think is cool. And, you know, I think on this album in particular, it's a little bit different from our previous records. You know, there's just some different things going on. And so, you know, I did think, you know, I did have some moments of like, you know, how is this going to go across to our our fans that are, you know, expecting maybe the same kind of thing or something. But I, I mean, I, I think it is still like within the, within the realm of woe fat that, people dig it but i mean so i was a little unsure so i'm, I'm really thrilled that the, the response has been as good as it has been awesome I'm, I'm kind of blown away it's interesting did you say that you were a little unsure where do you think that uh unsureness as such if that's that's not the right word but you get what i mean where do you think that was coming yeah. from well i mean i think you know it's well for one thing it's hard for me to really be objective about what we're doing because i'm like so just inside of it and and, you know, I, I have to say that, like, when we finished mixing, mastering in uh, September, you know, I was like, man, this is the best, best stuff that we've done, for sure, without a doubt. And I still feel like that. But at the, by the same, you know, at the same time, I'm like, you know, is everyone, if, is everyone else going to think that? You know, because, you know, it's like certain albums, like the Black Code seems to be one that we really, really like a lot. And I, you know, I think it's a great album, too, but. But, you know, to me, in my mind, a lot of things on this surpass that. But, you know, I, it's hard for me to tell what other people are going to think. So, because I, you know, I'm really invested in it and I, I know, like, all the ins and outs of, like, what, to my mind, make it great. You know, so, but it's, it's, it's just a matter of me being just completely in, immersed in it and not being able to be objective. So, it's, it's hard, hard for me to do that, so. Now, you know, normally uh, I just kind of skim through the press release that normally comes with any of the albums and stuff like that. But with the press release that came with The Singularity, something caught my eye and I'm really curious to know more about it. So it says that you tapped into 70s fusion influences. <clears throat> so, I mean, I, I've listened to some of the bands, but I'm really curious to know what are some of the bands and albums that actually formed part of this influence? Probably the, I mean, as far as the, the 70s, biggest thing is Mahavishnu Orchestra. You know, and like, especially those first, like, like first three albums, you know, the Intermounting Flame and uh, Birds of Fire and that, yeah. that mm -hmm. the, li the live album, uh, uh, what's it? Uh, Nothingness and Eternity or whatever it is called. Mm -hmm. so, but, you know, those albums are like just mind blowing. And uh, they were like, especially early on in the writing process, which was, like some of the first songs 
were, they were being written would have been like 2018 around there. And at that time, I was like just totally just obsessed with Mahavishnu. It's, it's all I was listening to for a while. But, you know, some of the others, like uh, 70s fusion stuff that has definitely had an influence. It's like uh, some of the Herbie Hancock stuff, especially as uh, the Mohandishi man period, like uh, Sexton. Uh, what's that one record? Uh, I can't remember what it's called. It, it's, uh, I, have, I have it on like a, a two CD set that has the very first of his Mohandishi band and the second one. Um, it's got like water torture is one of the songs I'm but it's just like killer fusion stuff. And then uh, another thing is uh, this Eddie Henderson album. Eddie, Eddie Henderson played trumpet with uh, Herbie and Fuck. I mean, there's the same album. And so it's a lot of the same guys. Uh, I should like look this stuff up for you guys. Before yeah, this, but, no. Um, but, but, but then I, there's I, a, I kind of get it with the Mahavishnu because that Birds of Fire album, I mean, I, I first heard it as an 18-year-old and I every time <laughs> I listen to it, it just like blows my mind. Like how the hell did they come up with that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, for sure. And there's, there's like, there's stuff, you know, super influenced by grooves and things that like are straight off that album practically. Now that you say it, I'm kind of making references. <laughs> Especially that opening part of the first song, right? Like that initial couple of minutes. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's totally, yeah, totally John McLaughlin. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that you bring these up, and that that seventies influence, etc. Is, I mean, it it ties back into what we were discussing earlier, right? I mean, um, the slight difference of sorts that this album has over your past work can be, I don't know, is it right to say that it can be chalked up to those kind of influences? And do you think that, I mean, I'm assuming here, and please correct me if I'm wrong, uh, I'm guessing most of this was written in lockdown or uh, around? It's probably about, it was actually probably, uh, let me think about this, songs. probably maybe 60, 40, like 60% was probably written before the pandemic. Oh, okay. Even Almost, almost that much was recorded, actually, too. Wow! Like Alrighty. we, like we, like we had a really, like, serious plan to to have this album done and like finish it up summer of 2020, like before the pandemic hit. That was our plan, and okay. have it out like you no, know, either like a prior early 2021 was was the plan, and then the okay. pandemic derailed that. But but it actually ended up kind of being a cool thing because you know there were some songs that were written after. Probably so, okay, it worked out the way. Hmm. So, the reason why I presumed it was written during the lockdown was because, um, there seems to be like at least to and as a listener, I felt like there was a lot of thought and time that was given to the pre production process during the writing, like it felt like. It felt like you you guys were maybe it's maybe it's to do with the seventies influences or the kind of records you were listening to, but it feel it felt like you spent a lot of time just imbibing the influences and then letting it process and then writing instead of going into a studio and saying, "Hey, we need to bang out a new album. Let's do it." Well, yeah. So part of that is, I mean, 
Our, it's it's the, the songwriting process for this record was pretty slow building like there yeah. were there were things where like like sort of uh parts of songs were written like maybe like certain grooves and riffs were were written and then we'd rehearse them and play through them and and, and you know we record all of our rehearsals so which is a, a great way to kind of hear how things are working and see like oh that doesn't work that's totally not you know, so it's a good way to to revise and know, you know, to be able to think about how things should actually be compositionally. And so this time, it, I mean, it did take longer. Like the for whatever reason, this time it's just a longer process for me to, especially, kind of get back into a creative mindset. And you know, a lot of what gets me into like a creative mindset is listening to records, you know, and hearing things that other people are doing and thinking, oh, that's awesome. I want to do something like that. Yeah, but so it was, I mean, it's, it's kind of like what you're saying, but it was also just because it was spread out over a long period of time, hmm. you know, because like, like I said, some of the songs we were writing, like, like we started the first song, Orphans of the Singe was the first one we recorded. And that was also the first one written. And it was probably like, I think lyrically, I was thinking about that in like 2017, probably. And wow. And, and I think we even started actually, we're rehearsing parts of it back then and kind of playing the, the real the beginnings of the song in rehearsal way back then. And I know like a couple of other songs were done, like we did a, it's like 20, because <laughs> I'm getting the years mixed up with the dance. Band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess sure. it was, did a Australian thing. And I remember we debated about playing a couple of new songs in 2019 in Australia, but we didn't know doing it but so there was like you know some fully formed songs by then so it's just been on like this long weird journey of <laughs> getting all this stuff finished okay all right so you know one of the things about this album is actually it features uh two new members uh as part of the lineup you've got patrick smith on bass as well as you've got uh matt Watkins making an appearance back again in the band because i Read that he yeah, was part of the band. Yeah, they're like they're actually not on the record though, because the, yeah, oh, the album okay. was yeah, yeah. They both of them are. Uh, well, Matt started jamming with us again last summer, and then Patrick uh, joined the band in uh, like January. And so okay. on the record, it's it's uh, with Zach Busby is playing bass. He's he's played with us since 2016. And so okay. yeah, which is which you know like uh, he's what he brought to this record is just a, like huge i mean he really he's got a strong voice as a bass player and just strong sense of like coming up with some really cool counterpoint to what the riffs are doing what the guitar's doing we'll just add a lot and just, i mean i think i can't overstate like how much he added to this record you know so that, now actually that becomes your live lineup for this uh, album yeah 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 exactly right yeah Fair okay uh coming back to to talk about the songwriting process now one of the things that i genuinely enjoy about wofat is how each album basically flows it doesn't feel like song after song after song as in uh, you start listening to it and you can end it in one shot because there's basically kind of like a line flowing through it's like a river it's taking you through a journey um what i'd love to understand is how much of it is achieved as a jam or how much of it is constructed as a free-flowing thing versus 
how much of it is actually calculated. Um, if you get what I mean, I mean. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, 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 I would say in, in terms of the the flow of the album, most of that it's pretty calculated in terms of like overall like song from one to the other, and and I, I always try to think about that even like just in the individual songwriting process, I, I try to think about different, uh, you know, different feels and vibes for each song so that everything doesn't sound like the same song, basically, over and over, you know. I try to, you know, the idea is to try and, you know, take take you to different places and make it a, an interesting journey along the way, which is, is also what I think about doing within a song, too, you know, because we have a lot of, Parts and different groups and sections of songs. Yeah, and and it's like I, you know, that's like a one of each song to sort of be its own world and its own you know journey that you go on. And you know, as far as the whole album, and you know, unfortunately, a lot of people don't listen to like albums, you know, more in terms of like front to back. It's all about shuffle, you know, mm-hmm. shuffle whatever. And which you know, I do the same thing, honestly. But 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 I do think about how an album feels as a collection of songs and how it all works together and flows together. So that, that is a big part of laying out the song order and thinking about transitions between songs. You know, and like on this album, the uh, album starts with the, with what ends the last song. Yeah. Yep. The bookends and are which, lovely. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, it, and it's crazy, right? Because I was looking up and I completely agree with Animesh, right? Because you just listen to the album and you're like, drawn into it and it's only later that i realized that the album's 75 minutes long and yeah, it doesn't really hit you it doesn't feel yeah, that long it doesn't feel that See, long, right but, yeah that's but, good that means like, this, this, things are working and it's good it's not yeah, boring but, it's not you know but but here's the thing right i mean you, you start off the album with the 13 minute song if i'm not mistaken around that <laughs> and then yeah when you look at it and what's currently happening uh, in the music industry is where you literally have musicians in general writing 30 second or one minute songs for TikTok and Instagram reels. And here you've got Wofat, whose shortest song on your album is seven minutes, 42 seconds. It's, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess, guess if we're, we're, not, we're not playing the system very well, are we? No, <laughs> we're, not, we're not gaming the system. We're not very good at that. But uh, t- <laughs> tell, tell me about that approach. I mean, is it like conscious that you want to kind of just stick to the way like music that you grew up listening to the albums or things like that or is is there a certain aspect of the music where you think that okay we need to kind of see what's happening currently in the industry or even social media i don't know you know also honestly i don't ever think about like what's going on <laughs> like uh, in the in the in the more mainstream pop or just mainstream whatever rock world i i, I don't ever think about that at all when it comes to songwriting i just I just basically, and and I mean, yeah, and this, this kind of been my philosophy the whole time with Wolfpack. I, I think about just what I think is going to be cool and what, what sounds cool to me. And you know, I've actually I've I've tried to write short songs, and uh, for whatever reason, I, I mean, you know, maybe it's, I just get long winded and just have too many ideas. I don't know, but but to me, like I I know when I go to like get a new album, you know, see a new album. With, get something like you know, a band and I see oh, it's all like three and a half minute songs I'm always disappointed I'm like oh, man it's a pop song you know it's like I want like but, but I guess you know I see I grew up like when I was a, 
I was in junior high and high school. I was listening to jazz. And so I was like, you know, and that's what I went to college for. You know, I was study jazz and I was going to be a jazz musician. So it's like, to me, it's, you know, it's about this musical exploration, like in, in real time that you're doing as a musician, which maybe that takes 12, 13 minutes. Maybe that takes five minutes. I don't know. But it's just sort of a, you know, to me, it's never been about, you know, like keeping things to like a real concise verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus ending, you know. I mean, we do have the verse chorus kind of thing, but to me, it's like, you know, I like, like, I like songs where, you know, it's like you're going along for, for a while and then, you know, there's that heavy ass breakdown that happens and then all of a sudden you're off in another direction. I mean, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, so it is, I mean, yeah, it's, it's conscious in the sense of, to me, I think that's what makes it cool 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 album and cool song and and also i just don't i you know if if a band is playing some like great riffs and are just really going for it that's what i want to hear and go for it you know i'm, I'm disappointed when they're like done in like three minutes I'm like oh that's just like so great and then oh it's over you know i don't know that, that's, <laughs> that's my my that, that's my the feelings about it. but but you know it's like i I do feel like I, I probably need to be a lot more aware of social media and more active on it and, and all that kind of stuff. But unfortunately, I'm, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. it's not where my head's at. But, yeah. But, I, mean, uh, I, know, I know it's detrimental, like, like business wise, but, but, you know, mm-hmm. how this is a slightly personal question, but um, just, just humor, humor me on this one. Um, the free flowing nature, the need to explore, the need to be almost meditative in the in uh, in the song rather than going with a structured approach, um, is that a reflection of your personality, or is that a reflection of what I mean of of Wofat's personality? Because Wofat is a band, and I'm getting that like. Uh, definitely it's a collection of individuals etc but at the same time a lot of wofat is just ken stump right well yeah i think yeah just in terms of direction and the initial concept yeah i mean i, I do most of the songwriting michael's contributed some songs over over the course of some albums and but i mean you know in general i've written most of the, most of the songs and kind of pretty much my vision that being said you know like like uh michael you know he we both he comes from a jazz background as well and so we have very mm-hmm. similar sensibilities about music and very similar uh ideas so like you know it's kind of my vision but it's like he com- is completely on board with that and he's you know he's like is right there with me on that you know, so, uh, but as far as, I mean, me personally, it's just kind of the, that's been, you know, I think coming from the fact that I have been just, I mean, I listened to, to jazz and that's basically what I was all about up until my college days. It That's just kind of my identity or, or how, that's just how I think about music. Like it's from that, that standpoint, that 
conceptual place. Okay, fantastic. Um, another big part of your current identity is the fact that you operate and run a recording studio, right? Crystal Clear Studio. Right, yeah. 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 Um, so, so, so then here's a here's a different kind of uh, a take on this. Obviously, when when you have access to that kind of a studio space, etc., you I would I would expect that you would be creating an album or a piece of music or even a song uh, with um, intending for it to be heard or maybe producing it to be heard in a particular manner. That hey, if you have this kind of a setup or if you have your uh, your music or your EQ tuned to this kind of a setting, it'll sound the best. Uh, uh-huh. Do you think? Do uh, so? A is that assumption right? And B, is there a way you intend or recommend the listeners listen to the singularity as well as other Wofat music? Well, so A, I'd say no, that's not correct because my my okay. approach as an engineer is that I want it to sound good wherever you live. All right. But that being said, I, I also think that listening to it on the vinyl, on, on vinyl, on a turntable is going to be the best listening experience in terms of uh, sonically because you know that that's where you're gonna have the most dynamic range the drums are gonna be hitting harder and just, there's, there's, there's just more just more dynamic range more life there especially the streaming format but but you know my like i said my goal is to make it sound good wherever you are okay and that's and that's and i do that and that's my goal with all my clients too it's like you know <laughs> I, I want your i want your music to just to sound killer through your little computer laptop speakers through your, your earbuds through your you know two thousand dollar speakers to home wherever you all righty so now that we have that out of the way uh let's play a song from the album and get our listeners to listen to it no matter uh which headphones or speakers they're listening <laughs> to this podcast on <laughs> um which song can we play and tell us a little bit That's more it. about that song I just, I I leave that up to you guys. I mean, whatever you guys pick, what what you what you what you know what grabs you. I'll, I'll leave it up to you guys. Hey, that's not fair. <laughs> that's not fair at all. I mean, um, I don't know if it was up right, to I, me. I'd like I'd love to play the Oracle. Why not? It's sixteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, hey, it's the best to me. It that, was the a- best uh, like representation of the album. Well, you know, yeah, actually, I think you're, you're right. And it's, 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 that maybe it's that and probably Orphans of the Syndrome are two favorite songs on the album. But uh, yeah, Oracle. So the, the story with Oracle is uh, that that song actually did come from yeah, it did just the three of us. And, and it was like a jam we did just in a rehearsal one night, just spontaneous thing. And, and it, you know, led to all these different cool places. And we recorded it, of course, and so I mean, which is, that's not what that recording is. But but after the, jam, the original jam, we recorded, you know, like we listened to it, and I I kind of like sort of mapped it out loosely, like in terms of like, all right, so we'll like do kind of this groove here, and it'll kind of go to here, and and then here, like just in terms of like a general vibe and groove, and then how we how we get there, we'll see. And so when we uh, got in the studio to record it we just we basically did a, a couple takes of it just then then we picked the one that felt the best that felt like it sort of flowed the best and had the best performance 
and then I added some of the guitar parts on top of it. So that's that's how that's all right. So it, is, it is the it is the most spontaneous and most jammy, least structured of the whole record. Here it is. Here is the oracle.
All right, and that was uh, the oracle. Uh, if you still have stuck around after that song, <laughs> <are> you <laughs> fast forwarded back. Uh, we're still with uh, Ken Stump of Wofat. Now, one one of the cool things about vinyl also is the artwork, right? Because it's kind of like way right. bigger. And as someone who grew up like buying cassettes and then later CDs, vinyl seems like a huge upgrade. It's like literally you're wearing glasses and seeing things far more clearer. So uh, I, I really like the artwork for the singularity. I mean, let me, my interpretation, it's, it's a kind of robot machine uh, on the album cover. Uh, you want to tell us a bit about what your brief was or what the idea was behind the Yeah, so so the, the artist is a guy named Eli Quinn, and I you know he knocked it out of the park with his artwork. He just kicked ass with it. Um, and the way I've always worked with artists that we've hired for our art work is I I kind of just I basically talk about them what the concepts are lyrically, you know, and what um, what the vibe is that we're going for and send them lyrics to check out, send them, send them like, rough to listen to and just kind of let them do it. And so that's what he came up with. But so um, the singularity itself, like the, the term is, you know, you, it's, I mean, it's it, um, probably more, most, most often it's used to talk about uh, artificial intelligence and the this point of no return essentially when it can like, you know, spiral out of control beyond our, beyond where we can control because it reaches a point that's just like, you know, cascading some this thing that there's we can't control. It's simply like the Terminator or something. But but it's like a you know thing that it's a concept that people actually, you know are talking about. Um, but it also like it's essentially like a point of no return where you know, once passed, nothing the same. And so to me, it. it not only refers to that, but also refers to things like climate change and other just like existential threats that we may be facing at the moment or in the coming years, you know? So, so that's, and that's kind of what a lot of the record is about. It's, it's, I mean, it's not like a story, but, but a lot of the songs are about that kind of thing about, you know, essentially impending doom and like, existential dread and like what's going to happen and you know all these various ways that, that things can become come undone you know for the for the planet or for you know people in general so you know that his he was going specifically with like this ai machine learning with intelligence you know and like the idea of like uh you know nanobots you know just controlling us through networks but that so that's kind of all that like the machine wow. machines gone machines gone awry you know machines you know taking over so yeah <laughs> i mean of course for those who grew up in the 90s or the 80s uh the terminator is like the best <laughs> everyone just kind of knows that right and i think yeah. it's still uh, one of those classic things uh now, one of the things actually we talked about earlier is that you run uh, the Crystal Clear Studio with your drummer, uh, yeah. Michael. And I was just wondering, I mean, of course, the advantage of having your own studio is, you know, you self-produce, you record and everything yourself. Uh, but if you had to get someone else to say produce or record uh, a Wofat album or maybe a single even, who would it be? 
Hmm. <laughs> Probably. Well, it, it would be hard for me to do that. First of all, I can say that, but um, because I'm like obsessively obsessive about, <laughs> about what we're doing in the studio. But that being said, I actually, I have thought about that before. And probably the person I've thought about that, I, that would be great I think to do that would be Joe, Joe Barisi, who has recorded a bunch of stuff. But, but I first I first discovered him uh, because of uh, did some of the Fu Manchu records like Actions Go and King of the Road, I think. And, you know, that year he also did the Caius, you know, Sky Valley, I think. Yeah. But he's gone on to do like a ton of ton of big stuff too beyond that. But I've just always loved how the way his records sound. So he'd probably be my first choice. Okay. okay. Is that is uh, are those records, etc., kind of like um benchmarks or references that you've set for yourself as well? Yeah, I mean especially like uh I mean the action is go was was the first Fremantle record I ever heard. And I heard it like you know soon after it came out, like '99, I guess. I think, um, and it like it it totally changed my my thinking in terms of music, and, and it's, it's really what got me started down the whole, like stoner rock road, you know. But I also just I think that record's amazing, and it's, it's the record I've always kind of gone back to a lot. Like you know, like what's, what's a great stoner record, and so. That's one of the so. But I mean, even like, I mean, if we're just talking about like really good sounding records, like I think like Monkey Three Records also really good. I'm not, I'm not even sure who's recorded this, but, but that's another band that just comes to mind that I've been listening to a lot lately. So, okay. Good, good. Okay. Um, what would you recommend? I, I personally, I haven't heard that. I like, I haven't heard of that band as such. Oh, really? Yeah, Monkey yeah. 3. Um, uh, well, their most recent record is, uh, so I'm so bad with names. Um, uh, Circles, I think. It's a couple years old. Uh, here, I can I can tell you. But that would be the place to start, probably. It's, uh, I think it's uh, Circles. It's the most recent one. But there, it's, it's all instrumental. And, and, you know, speaking of influential, like, I, they were getting lots of plays around during the songwriting time of this record, too. So there's they definitely had some influence on some of the things melodically and what's going on too. But yeah, definitely check them out. Perfect. I'm already searching for them and adding to my collection as we chat. Okay. Right. So <laughs> one of the cool things also about like the kind of music that Wofat plays is I've always felt that it's far more enjoyed life and i think that's just like a personal uh preference also and you guys are playing at the lone star unleashed festival uh soon i think later this month uh yeah when this is yeah but uh do you have more shows lined up and what's that experience like for you compared to since you've spent so much time working on uh, the singularity So yeah, we're, we're playing. That's in Austin. That's uh, in June twenty fifth. I think is the date. Um, we're in, we're playing hot Houston the night before that, the twenty fourth. Which those will be our first shows since pre pandemic. Believe wow. it or not, we haven't played the show <laughs> since then. But but so yeah, that'll be that'll be like kind of kind of crazy to get back into it. You know, to get back 
playing live again. But uh, beyond that, we've got a, a European tour being booked right now that it's, uh, starts late July to August, and that's most most of that booked already. And so we're really looking forward to doing that and getting back to Europe because that's always an amazing experience for us. But you right. know, live, it's I mean, I, I it's and that was actually kind of thinking thinking about the live show was part of the reason why I asked Matt to come back to the band because like some of the new songs I thought man this could really benefit from having a second guitar yeah live because because there's some parts where there's like different things going on with the guitar like a couple different guitars going on there's a couple like harmony things here and there and and just you know and also some of the new songs are a little bit harder to play so it's you know it helps me in terms of like being able to play and sing that you know so also have have Matt laying down some rhythm stuff so so that was kind of a lot of the reasoning with that so it's going to be cool that I think it's going to be really cool live to have the two guitar on slot basically happening. You know, so. so yeah, but I mean, it is a lot. It, it's a, I mean, like all you know, our songs are kind of built with like its structure with freedom, sort of in all kind of juxtaposed together. So you know, we have song structures, but then there's like solos are improvised, and it's all like there's a lot of sections where it's it's freewheeling and like key off each other like by contact things like that so so it's it's always fun to live so, so it's safe to say that basically no two or fat shows are alike probably not i mean aside from maybe my like limited ideas or something as far as so like i mean but you know i mean things it, it's they're similar i guess but not the same you know i don't expect to hear a solo from the record because I, I have no idea what i played on huge 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 thank you um for just giving us that kind of time man i hope you enjoyed this i did thanks thanks for having me yeah thanks a lot man cheers yeah cheers Alrighty, and that was ken stamp of doom and stoner metal band go fat tell us what you thought about the singularity um, as always, you can reach out to us at hauntsuppod.com or on Twitter at hauntsuppod. Um, if you want to reach out to Peter or me directly, well, me, that's at Asmoani on Twitter. I'm at Trend Crusher. And this was Hauntsup. Hauntsup, guys. Hauntsup, guys. <laughs>